Now, new research finds older drivers are not higher risk behind the wheel, but suggests as the proportion of seniors grows in our population, we'll need more roundabouts instead of traffic lights. I definitely have a question about that. And better signage. One in four licensed drivers is currently aged over 60. That is going to, to increase to a third by 2060. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but from memory, the number of over 80s is going to something like double in the coming decades. The AA Foundation commissioned WSP research to look into the implications of having more older drivers as a proportion on the road. AA Research Foundation project manager Simon Douglas. Cura and welcome. Good morning. We'll have a Google and see if we can find that over 80s figure, because uh, it's quite startling. Um, we're living longer. We are. Therefore driving longer. This is also the generations, plural, most of whom learned to drive, I would say. The boomers, certainly. It's fallen off with some of the younger generations, hasn't it, this, the, the rate at which they're getting driver's licences? It's, um, it's slowing down in the earlier um, periods of life because um, kids are staying at home longer um, and Ubering. going to university and Ubering, yeah. etc. Uh, but then as they move into sort of you know, family age and they're they getting discover them later. the joys of a licence yeah. uh, and the freedom it gives you, they're getting them later. Yeah. So they're they getting do them need later. One. Okay. So let's look at the search in two parts. First, what is the evidence about um, the performance of older drivers relevant, relative to everyone else? Well, they're better, um, in, a, in a word, and, and uh, it was a bit of a myth-busting exercise for us. Uh, and what we found that in, is that in almost every age bracket, uh, as you get older, you, you get safer per driver. Uh, and so as you get older, you get, um, you get more cautious, more experienced. Um, one of the things the study found is that as you enter the, those, those much older phases, you start limiting the amount of driving you do because you feel less confident. So the myth that, that older drivers are less safe uh, is not true. And in fact, it's still the, it's the young guns out on the road are the ones that are Under having 25s. the most accidents. I mean, Absolutely. just look at the insurance premiums. They all, they're the ones who will tell you where the risk lies. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, that's unequivocal. But what we're seeing, and you mentioned the growing numbers of older drivers, is that as that proportion of the population increases, even though they have less crashes per driver, because there's a growing pool of them, we're going to see more crashes involving older drivers on the road. And a really interesting finding out of the study is that as we get older, our bodies get more frail. And so a crash that a younger driver might walk away from, an older driver may not. You know, They may be seriously injured. And so that's a really important factor to consider. Do we know anything about the nature of those crashes? Because you can have overtaking head-ons on the open road, which are disasters. Yep. Or you can have someone who went through a stop sign and there's a T collision, uh, which may or may not really physically harm. Um, do we know anything about the nature of crashes? Well, one, of the, one of the key things we found, and you mentioned it in your intro, is that intersections are a really difficult spot for older drivers. And so we found that older drivers are about two and a half times more likely to have an intersection crash than younger drivers. And that really, we think, comes down to the fact that um, intersections are complex and they're fast moving. You have to make a lot of snap decisions. It's stressful. It's someone's stressful. tooting. Someone's yeah. tooting. You know, yeah. traffic's moving through the intersection fast. Yeah. And so older drivers who tend to be a little bit less physically mobile, you know, they might have um, issues with you know, moving their neck, etc., and just decisions and, and poorer eyesight. Um, they find intersections a lot more challenging, and, and that's one of the recommendations from the report, is to look at those intersections, the form of intersections. 
When we're talking older, it seems to me there's a big difference between a 65-year-old in theory and an 85 or a 90-year-old in theory. People can be driving, getting their licences into their 90s. Uh, it will vary enormously. There'll be a 95-year-old out there who's the best driver you'll see. Yep. But is there a difference even within that bracket of older driver in terms of where the stresses are? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and we classified older drivers to include what we called younger older drivers, so people from 55 onwards, which was um, you know a bit of a challenge for some of us involved in the study to think we're, we're no, almost you're the at best that, drivers we're, ever. We're almost at that older driver <laughs> phase. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, safe. You know, the number of crashes people have tends to keep decreasing from that younger older, even right down to the older older drivers, so the 80 pluses, it only starts to creep up at the, again at those very extremes of age. And in part that's because we think as people get older they start self-limiting and they drive less. And so we don't saw... Don't drive at night, don't drive in the rain. Don't drive at night, don't, don't drive, drive in so the rain. Don't drive so far. Don't drive so far, um, stick close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we found is that people start curtailing their driving from quite an early age. So for women from their mid-40s, for men... Um, from their mid-50s, we started to see some evidence that people started to curtail their driving, and that continues right up until your 80s, and you eventually give up. Is some of that because you're not running kids around to five sports practices a day? Um, we didn't test the, the sort of family connection, but what we found was that anxiety does start uh-huh. to increase. And so as you, as you reach sort of middle, adjacent middle age, um, you start to become aware of your own frailty, your own limitations, and that, that anxiety starts to lead you to drive in less um, com- comfortable conditions. Final question before we look at what you're recommending. There's a big difference between navigating a motorway in Auckland perhaps and turtling down to the dairy and how did you test for where people were driving? So we did have a look at that and and what we found is that because people are self-limiting and the factors, two of the key factors are lots of traffic and high speed traffic so older people drive less on those those motorways. Those motorways in some respects are actually safer because they've got the median barriers, the traffic's heading in, in one direction so we saw a lot of self-limiting on the high-speed motorways. Uh, People drive more and are more comfortable in those urban environments, but then remember, you're two and a half times more likely to have have an accident at an intersection in an urban area. Right, let's get to that. So, what... What are the recommendations around intersections and and why? So, as we touched on earlier, an intersection is quite a complex uh, environment to navigate. But particularly if you're you know turning right across traffic, you've got to find two gaps in the traffic, the the path you're crossing, uh, and the lane that you're moving into. And so, when we looked at it, the the researchers said, well, a, a roundabout is actually a, a simpler mechanism in a number of ways. I know lots of people don't like them. Most people fail to indicate correctly at, at a roundabout. But the, the joys of a roundabout are that everybody's arriving at the same lower speed. So you haven't got a through lane of traffic doing you know 50 or 60 kilometres per hour that you're trying to pull into. Everybody's arriving at a lower speed. And if you do have an accident, the angles of deflection are different. So you mentioned a T-bone crash where somebody smacks straight into the side of, of your door. That's a really dangerous crash from a you know, human frailty point of view. Roundabouts tend to give you a bit more of a deflection, so people sort of deflect or bounce off a little bit more. So that combination of, of everybody being a bit slower and deflection of the angles makes roundabouts safer than a, a cross-intersection or a T-intersection. You see, I understand that in theory, and maybe I'm just biased by what I've witnessed <laughs> uh, in a place that didn't have a lot of roundabouts, to be fair. The decision-making as you're coming up to the roundabout, is there a vehicle in my sight line? 
Is that vehicle indicating that it's coming around the roundabout? Is that vehicle going slow enough for me to go now or do I need to wait? That's quite complex decision making compared to the lights are green, go. Well, it is. It's it's complex and all driving is complex. I think we have to admit that. Um, but for, for those reasons I talked about, that you know, that everybody's going slower and the angles of deflection, the safety evidence suggests that there are more um, deaths and serious injuries at, at those bigger T-bone type intersections than at roundabouts. So is it not necessarily going to lower the number of accidents, but it will lower severity? It could do both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and look, we... Nose to tail accidents where people aren't injured, you know, we don't want to encourage them. But if you're looking at reducing deaths and serious injuries, you're, you're better to deal with an increase in nose to tail accidents than you are in, in serious accidents. I just made an assumption. I said traffic lights, but does this also apply where there are stop signs? Absolutely. And is, is the stop sign the really well, the elephant in the room stop here? Stop and give way signs, uh-huh. you know, particularly where we see um, in rural environments where you've got those high speed rural highways with uh, T intersections or, or cross intersections. If somebody misreads that stop sign, you're going to get T-boned at Understood. 100 per hour. That so makes that's sense. That's a really serious That incident. makes sense. But is the light system, if there is a light system, preferable or well, makes no difference? Well, traffic lights are, are preferable, I guess, to, to stop and give away signs, but we can't put traffic lights everywhere. everywhere. And, and you, st- when and you, you still <laughs> end up with somebody you know, yes. ripping through an intersection at 100, okay. and if you legitimately didn't see this, the, the stop or the give away, Okay, so severity anyway in play. So that's intersections. Yep. What else? Because another key thing about the stop sign is you've got to see it. You do. And so what is it about signage? Do our signs need to get bigger? The other th- oh, I'll ask you about this in a moment, because it's a a particular hobby horse of mine. Are our signs clear enough for a generation that, um, or, or for a proportion of drivers who will be older? Really? Their vision needs to be at a certain level to be allowed to drive, but yep. it's also just reaction time and processing time. Yeah, look, you've touched on a lot of issues there. Um, yes, the signs need to be absolutely clear and there are there are standards around uh, provision of signage the, the lettering needs to be clear enough and large enough they need to be well maintained they need to have the right level of retroflectivity so that if you're driving at night and your headlights hit them you get a really good reflection off them and one of the nicest little recommendations from the study that that we found was that there is a, a group of people who go out and check uh, road signs to make sure that they're in they're in good nick and they're clean why not give that job to the over 60s, over 65s, those of those people who've got that sort of less clear vision, and they can go out there and check, you know, is this sign suitable for an older driver? UX user experience. Y- yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and so looking at, at that angle... Um, do you need more forewarning signs? You, you know how you sometimes get a sign saying 100k, well, again, we're talking mainly about town, but, you know, dropping to 50k's or 30k's in 300 metres, does that help to have a repeat? More warning is really good, particularly if you're approaching an intersection where you need to choose a lane. Um, we, we talked about roundabouts. If you're in a relatively complex roundabout with, you know, left, right, straight ahead, uh, the more warning you can give an older driver or, or any driver. And I guess the point is that everything we've recommended for older drivers will also help younger drivers um, in situations of glare or rain or at night more clear signage, better road delineation, so better road markings. It's going to help 
all of us. This is interesting because in our cities, at least at the moment, a lot of cycle lanes going in. We're losing lanes. Some lanes that used to be straight through and turning are now just turning. So do you need that demarcated 100 metres back, 200 metres back, not when someone's already in the queue at the lights? Absolutely. So, so it needs to be clear um, a good distance back to allow them to, to change lanes, get in the right lane. You need to get rid of the ghost markings. Um, if you're changing yeah, I'm, the lanes, I'm struggling with some of those. Remove, <laughs> remove the old lane properly. Yeah. Um, because even for for a younger set of eyes, you know, in the bright sunlight, is or, that or still at night, there or not still there? You, you, at, at times, you can't tell which is the current lane marking and which is the old one. Um, anything else before I ask you who's going to do this? I think that. Um, the, the other thing around the, around the infrastructure space is that lighting. Um, and so as, as we age, the, the lenses in our eyes get, um, get more foggy and we need to understand the impact that street lighting, particularly in urban areas, has on that. So we've got a set of recommendations in there around using um, more modern LED lighting to reduce the amount of blue light uh, because blue light's particularly hard to, to see. And so we think there's some real opportunities to, to improve the lighting uh, for older drivers who've got just gradually worsening eyesight in the evenings. Who would be responsible for this? A lot of money has just gone into open roads and thank goodness for it with barriers, uh, which we know are, are, are lifesavers. Yep. Um, uh, this is the middle of the road barriers. <laughs> Who's got their eyes on what are essentially local roads? Who's going to oversee it? Who's going to fund it? A city and, and local councils. And are, um, they, are many of them doing it? Is it in their plans? Well, it's a struggle, um, and I think one of the one of the points we make is that there's a lot of stuff that we can do, but it all costs money, and there's and there's no free lunch. Uh, so what we want to see is a is city councils start to build a long term plan into their maintenance routines. So you know you plan your maintenance a number of years out. So start looking at your signage, start looking at your delineation, start looking at your dangerous intersections, uh, some way out, and start to build these recommendations into what you're doing as part of your routine maintenance. On your radar at all, um, I suppose it took a while, um, you know, Tokyo and New York have been at this for ages, but the outdoor um, digital signage is becoming quite prevalent in our two biggest cities in particular. Uh, I find it, I just hate advertising being shoved at me and I will use a barrier, I'll use my sun visor to shut it out and yep. just train myself to try and shut it out. It's still a distraction, even having to do that. Is there any evidence that when poorly located... It is a hazard. Certainly on the open highways, there's quite um, strict rules around um, advertising on, in those high-speed environments. In an urban environment, I, I don't believe there are any um, restrictions. You, it's the uh, brightness of it would be one thing. Well, the brightness, the size, the flashing the of it, because yeah, the, yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're designed to attract your attention. Of course. Uh, and as a driver, that's, that's, that's the last thing you want. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah you, but no rules around it and no research into it uh, be, having an impact. It would be a good area to, to look into. Mm. All right. Simon, really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Uh, that is Simon Douglas, AA Research Foundation Project Manager.